Good morning. Ooh, that was, that was a good resounding good morning in return. I like that. That was adorable. Right at the top of my notes, just so you guys know, as I pause here for a second, it literally, I put in huge, bold letters, go slow and give God time to speak. So I'm just going to take a deep breath really quick before I jump into it. And because uh, I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to get to um, just break down God's word for you guys. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege and an honor that I uh, never knew or thought I would uh, get. And so it is really genuinely exciting to be up here. Um, this morning, we're beginning a new three-week series through Romans chapter 12 called True Marks. Um, and in this series, which you saw in our, our little intro, we'll be looking at the true marks of a Christian. The whole goal of this series is really to get at the heart of how we are to live in light of being conformed to Christ. So today, I have the privilege of opening our series with verses 1 and 2. Lengthy chunk. Uh, next week, Jaron will be bringing his A game with verses 3 through 8, and Lawler will finish it out with, uh, with 9 through 21. Uh, before we dive into our text, though, uh, I want to start with prayer. So if you guys would just pray with me. I feel like that's the best place to start. Uh, Father, I, just, uh, I thank you for uh, the body of believers that you have set forth here in Woolley, um, for the opportunity to gather together and get into your word. Um, to, to grow together, to be unified in that. And, and Father, just as, as we jump into Romans, I just um, I pray that you would soften hearts. Uh, and if there's anything that, that I don't have in my notes or anything I do that you don't want me to speak or, or do want me to speak, that you just make me blind or, or give me sight to those things. And so, Father, I just uh, I pray that, that you would do a work this morning in our hearts. And pray these things in your name. Amen. So again, we're going to be in Romans 12, the first two verses. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there with me. If you don't, we do have some over at the hub. Um, Please keep it, read it. It's the most valuable thing that man's ever been given. So um, if you don't want to do either of those things, it'll be behind me on the screen. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I don't need this anymore. Oh, and then I dropped it. That's just my luck, right? I don't believe in luck, but... Almost there. Verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I... I I have wrestled so much with this text uh, the last couple of weeks. The reason being is that I can't envision Paul writing these words to the Romans casually. Like, I don't, I, I struggle so much with the idea that like, Paul's just communicating this, um, this appeal in a kind of, hey, that'd be great if y'all did this. Like, you know, like, it, it's not a casual thing. There's passion in this text when he makes the appeal, and I don't want to miss it myself. In communicating it, uh, Paul is making an appeal to respond to the Romans uh, and respond to what? In the in the first line, we see therefore, right? So this whole text is is in response to something that's been stated previously. Uh, 
And this text is, is timeless. So it's an appeal that he made to the Romans, and it's one that's being made to us today, tomorrow, and forever. Uh, and what's crazy is the reason for the, the appeal is something that we've been talking about already the last couple of weeks with Advent. It's something we've heard time and time again, if you've been here on a Sunday. Um, and in fact, it's, it's been heavily laid down every time the word has been preached. The appeal that Paul is making is as a result of God's redemptive plan. And if you, if you don't know what that is, um, I'm about to blow your mind and give you some of the best news you've ever heard in your life. Uh, if you do know what that is, then a refresher is never a, a bad thing, right? So, we'll start here. So man is inherently bad. Um, if you look deep down, and I, and I mean for myself, let's be real, it's, I don't have to go that deep to recognize this. Uh, if I look deep down in my soul, I can see selfish tendencies, a love for money, a lustful spirit, the list goes on and 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 on, right? And you can see it throughout history. You don't have to go very far in order to see the shortcomings and sinful nature of human beings. Just go into any department store during Black Friday. That's pretty evident. Not throwing those who shop on Black Friday under the bus. I may or may not have gone out on Black Friday. But here's where the good news comes in, right? Man strangled by sin held down by these things. The good news is that the creator of the universe, the Lord of lords and king of kings, came down in human flesh, right? Lived a a sinless life, one that myself and and everyone in this space is not capable of doing, uh, and died on the cross to pay the debt that we never could, to pay for that sin. He came down and he ripped away shackles and bondage so that we could be free from our sin and free from the punishment that accompanied it. Turn the page. And after he defeated sin, he rose again and defeated death to be with the Father. Is that that not good news? Now, as a result of God's redemptive plan, which Paul talks about in all of the first 11 chapters of Romans, if you haven't read Romans... Read Romans, please. Um, as a result of God's redemptive plan, Paul is making an appeal just as I, I'm going to make the same appeal to myself daily and I'm going to make the same appeal to you guys today. In verse 1, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He's making an appeal to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's your first fill in the blank if you're filling them in. Um, the guidelines that God set out for his people in the Old Testament as far as uh, sacrifices go, because that's what we're talking about is a living sacrifice. Uh, they were never intended to be the final solution, but they did serve the purpose of establishing what was to come, to point forward to the sacrifice that would serve as the last, to Jesus. No longer do we need to come forward with sheep and goats and burn them at the altar as a sacrifice to the Lord which, I mean, personally, I'm thankful for because I don't have the land to raise sheep and goats. That'd be difficult. Uh, that being said, there is still a sacrificial system that exists in the New Testament. And not like the one in the old, which was for the atonement of our sins. Because remember, we talked about it a second ago, Jesus did that. Jesus paid that sacrifice, Right? 
but instead one that is in response to what Jesus did. God doesn't ask us to burn our bodies on the altar when we offer ourselves a sacrifice. Instead, he asks us to do something that um, is potentially more difficult, to live our lives sacrificially for him, to live fully surrendered and fully invested. In Luke ten twenty seven, we read a, a small chunk of the parable of the Good Samaritan, which I believe answers well what a life surrendered and sacrificed looks like. And he answered in verse 27, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. This is the longing of the law that finds its completion in Christ alone. So in Christ, we offer ourselves up to him as a living sacrifice. To live a life fully surrendered is to live a life loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and loving your neighbor as yourself. And this is so much the opposite of what our culture uh, and our, our world teaches. And why wouldn't it be? We live in a sinful world in need of a Savior, which is exactly why we need to take the next part of Paul's appeal so seriously. When he says in verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Uh, picture this, just for a second. We're all sailors in a ship out at sea. And each one of us has been tasked with something specific, and we're cruising towards our destination, right? So long as the ship stays in water, which is what it was designed for, everything works out as it should, right? And we can all agree on that. Uh, and sure, there's, there's going to be rough water, right? Maybe a sail tears, you do some repairs, uh, but it's never the end of the world because the ship and sailors are working as they were made to, doing what they're supposed to do. Now, imagine water starts to get in the ship. And maybe it's by negligence. Maybe it's purposeful. Regardless, it's not what it's designed for. And naturally, chaos is going to ensue, right? Things are not going to go well, and it's going to get messy. When we allow outside influence to dictate and influence our lives, we allow concepts foreign to Christ to shape and remold us. The appeal here from Paul is to be purposeful in not allowing that to happen. Because ultimately, we're responsible for what we feed our minds. Whether it's poor speech, poor TV programs, poor relationships, um, or anything that this world is casually throwing at you, if it doesn't belong in the ship, and for the sake of clarity, the ship being your mind... Uh, based on God's perfect design and desire, it will sink it. If it doesn't belong there by God's perfect design and desire, it will sink it and destroy it. This isn't a call to be irrelevant and unknown based on the, the context of culture and being outside of it. It is a call to excellence as we seek to glorify God with everything that we are. Body first and then mind. That by seeking after God's heart, God's vision, and God's values, we can be remade into something remarkable by his hand. 
by the hand that, that is the only thing of making anything remarkable. I, and the reason for a desire to be remade, I think we can all agree, is, is answered in the second half of verse 2. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I can wholeheartedly say that the only way we will ever know the heart of God, his good and perfect will, is by the sacrificial giving of ourselves and thus by the renewal of our minds. It's not anything that we can do in and of our own accord. Right? Like, God is the one who reshapes, who remakes, who, who remolds. And so it's only by a full submission and sacrifice of yourself that that can happen. We want to know God, right? How do we do that? We know his word. If you genuinely want to pursue God and know God like you never have before, then let's be real, you gotta do something you've never done before. Read his word more rigorously than you ever have before. Invest in godly relationships to a greater degree than you have before. And allow yourself to be remade and sanctified. Submit yourself for the sake of that. The, the reality is we can continue living the same way that we have up to this point. But that isn't an option for a follower of Christ. It's not. The true mark of a Christian is shown when we walk in right relationship with the Lord and live as salt and light. We sacrifice our mind and our bodies on the altar for the sake of being remade in his image, in the image of Christ. And so this morning I make the same appeal that Paul did by the grace and mercy of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I've only gone nine and a half minutes, but and I know that there's more that I could break down in this text. Um, I know that there may be a, a conversation later where someone asks why I didn't elaborate more. Or, but I genuinely feel like this is what God had called me to communicate. That the only way to live um, a life as a follower of Christ is, is sacrificially um, and wholeheartedly and intentionally and fully committed for the sake of who he is. It's It's... It refers to it as your spiritual worship um, after asking for the living sacrifice. There are other theologians who have referred to it as a, a rational service. And it's rational because it's the only thing that makes sense. Given, given what Christ did on the cross, what, what God has done um, throughout the history of creation, it's the only logical response if you wholeheartedly believe in the truth of Scripture. It's the only logical response. And, and I'm going to be done way early, which for some of you, you might be excited. Your Sunday's got more time. <laughs> but um, 
I, I, do, I do want to leave you with this. If, um, if you're not living a life fully sacrificed for the sake of Christ, fully committed to that, then what's holding you back? And, and ponder that, because, because whatever answer you give in response to that question is a big one, right? Uh, so I, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray and close this out, and we're gonna continue in worship. Uh, yeah. Father God, I thank you for the text that you have given and for the truth um, of your word. And Father, as we look forward um, the life that you have laid out for us and as we seek after your, your good and perfect will, I pray that we would be fully submitted to the process of sanctification. Recognizing that it's only through you, for you, and because of you that we have life here and in eternity. And Father, that we need to press in and take that seriously. That there is great purpose and the life we have here. And, and Father, if it's not fully given over to you, it's not a life worth living in that regard. Because God, you are so good. Your mercy is so great. <laughs> God, I just, I, I pray for myself and, and the rest of the people in this space and for the rest of your body. God, just that we would give our life over to you. We thank you for these things. Let me pray. Amen.